Welcome to Still Growing in Grace, a weekly program dedicated to inspiring joy, giving hope, and delighting in grace. This program is brought to you by Hope Fellowship, your community church located on the second floor of the St. Jacob's Outlet Mall. I'm Pastor Mike Zenker, and for the next half hour, I'll be sharing with you a message of hope that will help you expand your understanding of God's love and amazing grace. So many are tired of trying harder to live the Christian life. I've got great news for you. You can stop trying. God already deeply loves you, totally accepts you, and really, really likes you. Enjoy today's program as we dig deeper into what it means to be still growing in grace. Thank you for joining me again this week on Still Growing in Grace. Thank you again to those who are reaching out with feedback. I love it. I love the questions I'm getting. Uh, they're starting to shape the next couple of weeks of uh, shows. So your input does matter. So please email, me- message me on Facebook, something to connect and tell me where you're listening from and what you're enjoying about the show. This show is called Still Growing in Grace because... I don't think anyone has arrived. I don't think uh, because you may have been teaching grace for 25, 30 years, 100 years, who cares? You still have not arrived at the complete revelation. It's impossible. So I want to affirm that all of us have so much more to learn. And I too am on a learning curve that I'm loving. I hope you were able to join us last week. If not, I'm going to quickly recap. It has to do with how Jesus sees us, how God views humanity, how he views sin. And so many of us are obsessed with trying to understand how God sees us. And it's proven by how we act, Uh, whether we go to church a whole lot, try to please God, because if we don't go to church, God may not like us enough. Uh, We need to go and repent. We got to do the worship stuff. All those things are nice and important, but they aren't things you have to do. Those things of discipleship, evangelism, worship, you name it, all those things should be a natural overflow of already recognizing Christ's life in you. It's not a duty you have to do. It's actually an expression you get to do. But if you're doing it out of duty and obligation, the joy loses its power really quickly. That's why I'm sharing this with you. That's why I'm sharing this good news of how God sees us. And today, uh, today's program is called Our Father. Can you trust him? And in a little bit, we're going to actually take a quick look at the Lord's Prayer later uh, as we finish up some verses to show our perspective of how, sorry, to show God's perspective of how the Trinity sees us through the lens of forgiveness, because this is a big hindrance in a lot of people's lives. Many, many believers do not know or do not believe they are already forgiven. They think they have to do a magic incantation, a specialized prayer to um, beg God to forgive them. But they're praying something that's already been done. Instead, like even for myself, I know I'm forgiven. Some of you may be asking, well, then how do you handle confessing your sin? How do I, how do I handle um, uh, when, when I mess up? What's my response? What should it be? Am I saying I don't sin anymore? Not at all. When I pray, this might be helpful to some of you, especially if, you, if that's one of those nagging questions. I think the best response is to look at what we have done and surrender it to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I confess. And by the way, the word confess 
does not mean beg for forgiveness. The word confess means to agree with God. That's literally what it means. So when I confess my sins, I will say something like, Father, I confess, I agree with you, that what I just did is inconsistent with my new nature. It is inconsistent with who I am in Christ and does not reflect your love and divine nature that flows through my veins. Father, I'm sorry. I repent. I change my mind. And it's that kind of a confession. By the way, the second part of it, confessing, not just what you've done, but listen, here it is. Confess your forgiveness. Confess, I also confess, Father, I have been forgiven, past tense. Wow, talk about an affirmation of great truth. Not only are we confessing we're forgiven, we're confessing and recognizing that our behaviors may not have lined up to who we are, but we're also confessing with God, agreeing with God, especially last week's verses and what we're going to finish up with today, the verses in Scripture that declare you are absolutely clean and forgiven. 2 Corinthians 5.17, really profound. We're going to read it in a couple translations. The first is from the New American Standard Bible. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have pa- old things, sorry, the old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Are you in Christ? You're a new creature. Now, some are going to question, well, who's in Christ? That's, that, that's not going to be for me to decide right now. Let's take a look at what the text says for you and for me right now and not think about all these other people we might be worried about. Stop trying to be control freak in a destination obsession of who's going where when they die. Stop that unnecessary insanity. Instead, focus on what you already do know factually. And it says here, old things have passed away, new things have come. The uh, Passion Translation says, Says this. Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new creation. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, and the word vanished, I'm going to come back to. Behold, everything is fresh and new. Folks, you need to know you are a new creation. This idea of the old order has vanished. The side note says this. This would include our old identity, our life of sin, the power of Satan, the religious works of trying to please God, our old relationship with the world, our old mindsets. All of that's included in there. We are not reformed or simply refurbished. We are completely new by our union with Christ and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. You did not get an upgrade with old parts being reused. You have been made brand new. When Jesus died, you died. When you he went into the grave, you went into the grave. When he rose, you arose. You are a new creation. There is a new humanity. Adam's race has been obliterated. It is no more. So quit trying to dance or date uh, someone who's dead. Okay? I know it sounds crazy. 1 Peter 3.18 in New American Standard Bible says this, For Christ also died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust, so that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit at the cross. Jesus dies 
and takes our sin with him. Only the sin stays dead. Jesus arises, and so do you. Romans 6.10 says, For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. This is a natural response. We don't live for God. We live to Him. We live through Him. He lives through us. There's a participation that happens in this exciting new life. 2 Peter 1, 2-9 says this, May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Wow. Did you hear that? May God give you more and more grace as you grow in your knowledge of of God and Jesus our Lord. There is a clear expectation here, a clear understanding that all of us are to continue to grow in our knowledge of God. And He'll keep putting more and more grace on us, and yet we still have the completeness in us. It continues in verse 3 by saying, By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Do you know you lack nothing? You literally lack nothing. You have everything. You have your forgiveness, the stuff you've been begging for for years. That was my big Achilles heel. For years and years, I was pastoring and begging. I used to go to church really early in the morning at 6 or 6 o'clock in the mornings, and once in a while, a touch early, just to be with God and beg for forgiveness. Uh, nobody's at the church. I'm there at the front of the church begging on the floor, sprawled over the steps to the top of the podium, and I'm begging God. I'm weeping, and I mean it. None of this is fake. I really, really wanted to be forgiven. I had no idea that I was forgiven. There were two books that influenced my life back then. Uh, The first was uh, Grace Walk by Steve McVeigh. Great book. Worth reading. If you've not heard any of this stuff before that you're hearing on this show, I recommend that book. Number two is a book called Classic Christianity by Bob George. Uh, It was Bob George's book that nailed it for me on the forgiveness part. Um, I I didn't realize how bluntly forgiven I was. And I tell you, when I had that revelation way back then, I wept different tears. I wept tears of joy. And do you know what it actually did? It, it freed me from my own perceived bondages, my own perceived patterns of behavior I wasn't liking very much. Uh, who knows what it was? That's for me personally, between my Heavenly Father. That's in the past. It's not who I am. And yet, I experienced a freedom. I began to have a new joy. Don't laugh too hard, but I actually stopped having my devotions. I did. I know I'm a pastor of a church at the time, and I stopped having my devotions because I found that I was doing it out of duty to try and be right and maintain rightness with God. After a while, months went by, uh, I had this hunger that started to grow in me, and I wanted 
to have some quiet time with my Heavenly Father. I wanted to have some time of meditation, of thinking, of praying, of reading, of being encouraged. And it naturally swelled up from within me. The desire came from within, not from without. That's why you don't hear me in my church pound people. You must have your devotions. You must read your Bible. You must, 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 must. I will not. I refuse to do it because it pushes people into a duty versus uh, from a desire. I trust that as individuals discover the goodness of God in them, discover their righteousness, discover their holiness, discover their absolute complete forgiveness, that there's nothing separating you from God, nothing, no thing whatsoever, suddenly a, a hunger grows, a passion grows to want more of this way to be good God. See, up until that point, he wasn't way too good to be good. He was a good God, but dang, I can't figure, figure him out. Darn, I, I, I can't. Oh, no. How do I please this, this God who I just seems so impossible to please? Well, I discovered a truth. And my first truth was, I am forgiven. The second truth right after that, on the, t- on the heel of that, and that was through the Grace Walk book, that I am one with Christ, Colossians 1, 27. Psst, here's a secret. You, you want to know a secret? Yeah, everybody wants to know a secret. And if you, see, if you see people whispering, you want to know, what are they talking about? Are they talking about me? Here's the secret Paul writes. Psst, Christ lives in you. The hope of glory. Yes, you have the hope of glory in you now. It is the New Testament version or comparison to Jeremiah where it says, I have plans for you to prosper and all that stuff, that particular verse. This is the New Covenant um, handshake with that Old Testament verse. Folks, this is just too good to be true. Uh, stick, stay, stay around, stick, uh, t- stay tuned to the second half of this program as we come back with more good news. Are you looking for an encouraging church where you'll discover hope in God who truly loves and accepts you? Hope Fellowship in North Waterloo meets every Sunday at 1030 and the great coffee is only the first thing you'll appreciate. If you're looking for a safe place, a relaxed community of people who want to grow in the freedom of God's grace, welcome to Hope Fellowship, second floor of the St. Jacob's Outlet Mall. Learn more at hopefellowshipycc.com and they do have that great coffee. Martin Small Engines and Auto Clinic in Elmira is more than small engines. Like their name says, Martin's is also a full-service auto clinic focused on automotive repair and service, brakes, tires, local lockout service, and so much more. Whatever you need, Martin's can do it. For that small-town feel with large shop quality, trust a team that really cares. Martin's Small Engines and Auto Clinic, Industrial Drive Elmira and martinselmira.com. Back to the second half. We uh, ended the second half today with 2 Peter 1, 2-9. Uh, I'm not reading the whole thing. I'm reading parts of it. Uh, but we ended with verse 3 that says, By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for a godly life. Again, this is a reminder to you, you lack nothing. And when we begin uh, with abundance and not lack then we will start to experience true growth. If you go and read 2 Peter 1, you're going to love the beginning of it. But uh, there's a progression of growing as you grow. You'll have patience. Patient leads to kindness. Kindness leads to love and so on. Uh, Verse 8, it goes like this. The more you grow like this, 
the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, back in verse 3, or verse 1, sorry, verse 2, it says, May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus. In verse 8, it says, The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I was not productive and useful. In fact, I have felt useless for so many years. You might be in that place right now. You may have been in the past. You might be heading towards it. My encouragement to you is to grow in grace. Read this text in 2 Peter 1. Find encouragement. Discover you lack nothing and grow in your knowledge. And then it's, here's a warning to those who don't grow like this. Here it is. This is going to be scary, especially if you're well-churched. It says in verse 9, 2 Peter 1 9, but those who fail to develop in this way are short sighted or blind. Here it is forgetting they have been cleansed from their old sins. Wow. Are you feeling like you are not forgiven? Do you have this sense in you? Yeah, I don't, I really don't think I am. I don't feel I am. Let me tell you what Peter has just said. He's declared to you, you're short-sighted or blind, or you have forgotten. You have been told sometime in your life, if it wasn't five seconds ago, it was five years ago or 10 years ago or 50 years ago, you have been forgiven. You've heard it, but it may not have sunk in. That is why we need the repetition. In fact, uh, at the end of this section in 2 Peter, Peter says, I will keep teaching, keep repeating these things because we need to know these things. Super important. You are forgiven and you're forgiven forever. This is a profound truth. What are one of the biggest hindrances to understanding forgiveness? And I'm going to guess it has to do with an understanding of the Old Covenant and New Covenant. The Old Covenant is a system of law. In Abraham, uh, Galatians 3, 6 uh, to 14 says that he was forgiven by faith. Uh, in Moses, he was more focused on an eye for an eye mentality. The law was given to Jews only, by the way. Just so you know, the law was given to Jews only. But Moses' mindset from which he wrote all of his stuff was an eye for an eye mentality, which is not the new covenant at all. Jesus, instead, he ministered under the law to raise the awareness of sin and cause people to see the need for their Savior. Jesus came to raise the bar. He came to fulfill the law, not take it away. It does become obsolete later, thanks to the cross. But Jesus came to fulfill it because man couldn't. Man tried and tried and tried to fulfill the law and could not. So he came, fulfilled it, and then he died for our sins and brought in a new covenant. He spoke out of the law, but acted in grace. He spoke grace through the law of its original intent in words that the people who knew the law understood, though they may not have understood his intention. It's powerful. He came to fulfill the law. And yet, he spoke from a more ancient truth of love and grace. Those who have ears to hear, may they hear. Jesus spoke from a more ancient covenant, from long before the Moses covenant came into place. It was a pure grace covenant. 
And that can hinder us uh, with understanding this text. So let me let me give an example. Uh, there's uh, this next verse has plagued the Christian world for years and years and years. And it has to do with this. Matthew 6, uh, 14 and 15. It's the end of the Lord's Prayer. Uh, he's dear, amen. And then, then this is tagged on. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But here's the threat. This is, this is most people's problem here. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. Today, I want to give you some hope on, into understanding that text better and give, give you a more hope filled perspective. Uh, and again, let me let me share this with you. The Aramaic understanding of the Lord's Prayer has far more intimate implications, a much deeper understanding. Remember, the, the uh, New Testament was translated into Greek, but what was the language that was spoken? It was Aramaic. That's the language they spoke. And so we need to also include a study in the Aramaic language of how they would have used this, this phraseology, how the Lord's Prayer uh, is read. And I'm going to be reading to you the Lord's Prayer in just a moment from the Aramaic uh, language. Um, I tell you, there's, there's two lenses here we got to see. Number one, when Jesus spoke, which covenant was he under when he was teaching? The easy answer is he was under the old covenant. The new covenant had not come yet, even though it was personified in him. It was not, its arrival in time and space was not until the cross. And yet we see sneak peeks of the new covenant being introduced at different places where Jesus spoke. If you look hard enough, it's there. Uh, oh my goodness, that's for another time. But there's one way to read this. Jesus was speaking from the old covenant lens. Uh, that's what I've been learning about, and I think it's a beautiful way to see it. But I found an even better way to view the Lord's Prayer with this verse being the biggest threat to misunderstanding what forgiveness is all about. Uh, let me read this to you. If you know our Father who art in heaven, blah, 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 uh, I'm going to read to you from the a, a, a text that's a translation variation from first century Aramaic. And I want to give a shout out to Martin Trench in Alberta uh, who uh, brought me into a great awareness of this. Listen to this. O thou from whom the breath of life comes, who fills all realms of sound, light, and vibration. May your light be experienced in my utmost holiest. Your heavenly domain approaches thy kingdom come. Let your will come in the universe, all that vibrates, just as on earth that is material and dense. Give us wisdom, understanding, assistance for our daily need. Detach the fetters of faults that bind us like we let go the guilt of others. Let us not be lost in superficial things, materialism, common temptations, but let us be freed from that which keeps us off from our true purpose. From you comes the all-working will, the lively strength to act, the song that beautifies all and renews itself from age to age. Sealed in trust, faith and truth, I confirm with all my being. Amen. I know I'm ripping through this because I only have two minutes left. 
But this one section that says, detach the fetters and faults that bind us, I want you to hear something powerful. And if I have to come back next week, fine, I'll do that. I'll reiterate all this. But I think what this verse is saying, when it says, if you don't forgive, uh, your father won't forgive you. I believe, according to the Aramaic language, it means this. If you don't unfetter the chains that bind you to that person you're having a hard time with, God is not going to do it for you. That is how I now see a more beautiful way to see this text. Uh, in the Mirror Bible, it says on John 20, 23, if you forgive someone's sins, they are gone and forgotten. If you don't let go, you are stuck with them. In the New American Standard Bible in John 20, 23, it says, if you forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they have been retained. Young's literal translation says this, if any of ye may loose the sins, they are loosed to them. If any of ye may retain, they have been retained. In the message translation sums that up beautifully. If you forgive someone's sins, they're gone for good. You don't, if you don't forgive the sins, what are you going to do with them? This has all been done. You have been forgiven. So don't let the end of the Lord's Prayer verses scare you into thinking, uh-oh, there's a chance I may not be forgiven. I think the translation does not help us understand the intent from the language that was spoken in the Aramaic. If this uh, concept is driving you crazy today, I'm sorry, uh, but let me ask you to pray. And if you think I'm crazy, pray for me. If it's true, pray the Holy Spirit reveals to you that this is true. If you find more hope in it, if it causes you to love God more, if it causes you to love other people more, oh my goodness, that is the excitement of growing in grace. We get to understand who our Heavenly Father is. We understand who Jesus is better than we've been told. We have a much more intimate understanding of the Holy Spirit. And even more so, the true love of Christ is being received by us. We believe it and receive it. When we believe and receive that we are loved, it does something supernatural. It reverberates to love for other people. And God will cause us to love people we never thought possible. Forgive people we never thought possible. But begins with a healthy, clear understanding of how God sees you, how Jesus sees you, and how the Holy Spirit sees you. Today, enjoy your day. Know you are loved, forgiven, and God's crazy about you. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Looking for adventure in the great outdoors? It's not far from your own backyard at Conestoga River Horseback Adventures. Fun for the whole family or why not your next corporate party? Trail rides are offered all year round and other options like pony rides and birthday parties for the young cowboys and cowgirls. Afterwards, you can relax and keep the party going in their large, comfortable lounge. Conestoga River Horseback Adventures, 519-888-6503 and horsebackadventures.ca. Looking for a real estate agent that will put your needs before his? Terry Van Lent is just that agent. Caring and honest are just two of Terry's best qualities, and they shine through in his real estate career. As a longtime resident of Waterloo Region, Terry is well acquainted with the area and its multitude of attractive amenities. For an agent that cares, call Terry Van Lent at Coldwell Banker Peter Benninger Realty, 519-742-5800, extension 2060. 
You've been listening to Still Growing in Grace. I'm Pastor Mike Zenker, and I'd like to invite you to join me next Tuesday morning at 11.30 when our teaching time will continue. Or join us at 10.30 every Sunday morning at Hope Fellowship, your community church located on the second floor of the St. Jacob's Outlet Mall. If this show has been an encouragement to you, won't you help us spread this good news? Make your donation today by visiting stillgrowingingrace.ca. You can also catch up on past programs, watch YouTube videos of our talks, and download our weekly podcasts. Sign up for our email list and send in your questions. After all, no one has arrived, and we are all still growing in grace.